Blog Talk Radio. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. Fellas, I'm ready to get up and do my thing. I want to get into it, man, you know. Like a like a sex machine, man. Moving, doing it, you know. Can I count it off? One, two, three, four. Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to a wonderful Sunday morning. It's 10 a.m., and this is The Master Plan. I am JT, a.k.a. The Master, and as always, we're talking sports on here. This week, we're going to be talking about this past week in sports, some revelations that have been taking place, and... uh, we're going to be talking about them. The number to call in is 347-637-3220. i say that again. It's 347-637-3220. is a place to be if you want to talk to JT, and you know that would be me. Grab a great show in store for you. Get on up and listen. Grab your coffee, your tea, your water, whatever. Relax and listen in. Like I said, if you want to, pick up that phone, dial in digits, and let's talk. All right, we got. Wow, we got a, a vast array of sports going on. We got football goings on. We got baseball goings on. We got the NBA winding down. The NBA season, is, uh, uh, the regular season is ending very shortly. Only a few games left. And, uh, and then we start the playoffs. And uh, there's still some teams that are trying to get into the playoffs. Let's talk about this first, because uh, I had talked about it yesterday. I had brought it up on it, the FSP show, which is 1 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on a Saturday afternoon. I co-host that show along with Vic, who hosts the show. And I brought it up. Because I, I I can't see it. I couldn't see it. Don't understand it. But it is what it is. Uh, it's been a big talk ever since it broke. About a week now. Talking about Tony Romo. Tony Romo. Moving up doing his thing, um, retiring from the NFL, and going to be the lead analyst, lead color guy or whatever, along with Jim Nance on CBS, replacing Phil Simms. This probably was blindsided by Phil Simms, quite naturally. It's Tony Romo. He's never been uh, doing any kind of TV. Um... You know, and Phil's been doing it for for uh, uh, quite a while. Some people like Phil, some people don't. Obviously, um, when uh, uh, an opportunity for the powers that be at the um, the uh, uh, TV uh, execs decided to. Grab Tony Romo or make an offer, I should say, to Tony Romo. People, I was surprised. 
And supposedly, when he, when um, eh, about a week ago, whatever, when, uh, uh, well, it hasn't been a week. It's been t- ever since Tony Romo, uh, the Cowboys said they were going to release Tony Romo, or um, Tony Romo was really not going to be in plans. Then all these uh, major networks that carry the NFL, uh, we're talking about um, basically CBS, NBC, and, and if I'm not mistaken, um, uh, Fox made uh, offers for Tony Romo to, to, to come on board to be uh, working uh, for them to uh, about the NFL, talking about the NFL, NFL games. With no experience, unbelievable, had absolutely no experience. And he grabs the ideal job with the Jim Nance, the number one job with Jim Nance, with no experience. Only in America, folks, that a quarterback that put some statistics up, not overwhelming statistics, but put some statistics up. Has won only two playoff games, and you know, and quite naturally, he's never been to the Super Bowl, much less win or lose one. It's getting heaped, uh, getting praise heaped upon him, like he's Tom Brady, like he's Joe Montana, even like if he's Dan Marino, who's never won a Super Bowl but been to one, who's put up astronomical numbers, who's a Hall of Fame quarterback. But Tony Romo, Tony Romo is not going to the Hall of Fame. He may, He's definitely going to be going because they absolutely love him in Dallas. I know he's put up nice numbers in Dallas, but they absolutely love him in Dallas. And, but he was, he was a very good quarterback, but he wasn't. And I'm and I'm and I'm and I'm and really setting this bar. I shouldn't say setting the bar low, but I'm setting the bar at a quarterback that hasn't won a Super Bowl that's in the Hall of Fame, and that's Dan Marino, and he's won more playoff games than Tony Romo. Tony Romo's only won two playoff games. Like I said, never been to a Super Bowl, so you can't win or lose it because you've never been in one. And for the last week, for the last week, he's getting praised and put on a pedestal like he's done that. He's, 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 he's done okay. He's not a Hall of Fame quarterback, not even close to a Hall of Fame quarterback. Not even close. And to top it off, and it, this is... My well, it's Dallas, it's it's Texas, and I'm a Texan fan, but a Texan Texan fan, not a Texas fan, Houston Texan fan. So they always, in my opinion, and I shouldn't say it like this, but I am. They always always overdo things, blow things up bigger than they are, and Tony Romo is going to be at the Dallas Mavericks game. Last game of the season, if I'm not mistaken. Dallas Mavericks are not in the playoffs. And 
Tony Romo is going to suit up as a Dallas Maverick, sit on the bench as an honorary player, and be honored probably at halftime or just before the game starts. Are you kidding me? It's only Tony Romo. What has he done? What has he done? Nice. He's got some nice statistics. He, he, I gotta admit it. He has some nice statistics, but nothing it, that of those statistics should warrant the type the, the type of praises that, that have been heaped on him this past week. Especially within the last two years, the amount of games that he's played. Are you kidding me? Nice feel good that they they let him um, play a series of downs and he drove the team down for a touchdown. So he's got the feel good in him that he walked away from the game and the last play that he made was a touchdown pass. Okay, that's a feel good. No problem. But what has he done? Two playoff games. A bunch of blunders along the way. Too many to document. But obviously those who watch football have heard about them. Have heard about them. But that's okay, Dallas uh, Dallas, uh, Cowboy fans. That's okay, Texas, the people of Texas. especially in the Dallas-Fort Worth area that are Tony Romo fans, that are Dallas Cowboy fans. He ain't, he's not all that. He's a very good quarterback, but he wasn't all that. And when I say all that, that praise has been heaped on Tony Romo, like he's, like he's all that. Unbelievable, and, and 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 to get the lead spot along Jim Nance, replacing Phil Sims as the lead lead uh, um, team covering the NFL is mind boggling. Mind boggling because he's he this is he's a rookie. He's a rookie. He's never done it. So I mean, quite naturally, he's got a crash course in it. I think tomorrow or within the next few days, the uh, uh, preseason schedule comes out. And people, preseason schedule comes out. You know the regular season schedule is not far behind. And football will be gearing up. 49ers, the Rams, and I do believe the Broncos, off-season workouts, OTAs, start tomorrow. Football, believe it or not, people, I know this is April. I know this is the second week in April. And the football season, the official football season, the real season, not just preseason, the real season, doesn't start until September. 
That's five months away. But that five months are going to go quickly. You got OTAs. You got the off-season program that starts uh, up until now, now and, and sometime and sometime in May, June, whatever. Once they get the rookie rookie camp in, once they get the rookies in, and get them to see what they have, the team to see what they have after the draft. Draft is uh, the 27th to the 29th of April. For those who don't know, it's been advertised all over any of the sports channels, so you should know. 27th to the 29th. I'm going to try to get there. Try to get there. For the first time, it's in Philly. For the first time, it's outside. Want to try to get there. Be nice to go to an NFL draft. Just for the experience. Just for the experience. Would be nice. I don't know if I get there the first day, first night, I should say. I think it starts at 7, 8 o'clock, the, the uh, uh, first pick. And then it goes on from there. It's only the first round, the first night. And then rounds uh, two and three are on Friday and four through seven are on Saturday. Would be nice to get there one of those days because I think next year it's going to be Cross country. I think it's going to be out west, or it could be. It could be. Yeah, it could be. I think it's going to be out west. I'm not sure exactly where it's, but I do believe it's going to be out west. Um, possibly, it, or it could be possibly in the south, New Orleans or something like that. Not sure. But 28th, 27th, um, 28th and 29th, it's in Philly. And the quite naturally, the, the uh, it hasn't been set yet where it's going to be. Dallas is in the mix. Um, there's five other potential venues that are in the mix for 2018. Um, so yet to be determined, uh, but it looks like it's going to be out West Dallas, Los Angeles could be back in Philly. Um, it all depends on how it goes in Philly. Uh, then in Indianapolis heartland where they have the NFL combine could be there. Um, like I said, Denver is a possibility. Miami is another possibility. So, um, it could be anywhere in the country. Uh, be nice to have it back in Philly again. Uh, I'm definitely going to try to get there to, um, this this uh, uh, year. Preferably in the first or second round. Um, not that I have anything against the fourth or seventh, uh, but uh, I like to get there when um, the, the – the the present day top picks uh, will be in town, and you'll be able to see them up close and personal uh, and live, not just on TV. But if you're sitting there, you can see them, see what they look like. So it is what it is. 
let's walk around the NFL a little bit. And, and um, Devontae Freeman, one of the, one of the running backs that uh, played in this, this past week, uh, excuse me, past uh, uh, Super Bowl. Um, going back and forth and, and, and uh, and right now he's in his walk year he's in his fifth year of his contract and they got him on the cheap quite naturally, making a little bit more than, uh, uh, making almost uh, $2 million a year, which is for the kind of production he has. um, They're thinking about uh, by training camp to extend him. You don't want to use you lose Dante Freeman. Time back for the last two years. You do not want to lose Freeman. Speaking of uh, uh, Atlanta, they locked up uh, Desmond Trufant, who got hurt uh, and wasn't able to participate in the um, Super Bowl, to a five-year, $69 million extension, which goes through two, uh, 2022. 2022, five-year extension, $2 million guaranteed. $13.8 million, million in new money average. Puts him above the new deal of A.J. Boye and Stefan Gilmore signed last month. For those who don't know, he had a torn pectoral, pectoral, I'm sorry, um, but apparently he's going to be ready by uh, uh, well before training camp. They need him. That's, that's their best corner. That is their best corner. They need him in the worst way. Ben Roethlisberger says he's going to play 2017 going into his 14th season. Steelers got to be um, happy about Steelers Nation has to be happy about that. BR, Ben Roethlisberger, is the key to the success. Not Antonio Brown, not Le'Veon Bell. They're they're good pieces, but you got to have that quarterback. You got to have a capable quarterback to make plays when it's necessary. Now it's always good to have an, the best wide receiver in the game, in my opinion, and it's best it's always best to have one of the top two uh, best running backs in the league, in my opinion, if not the best, Le'Veon Bell. But if you don't have a quarterback able to get the ball to A.B., obviously um, you saw what happened when Antonio Brown 
had a quarterback other than Ben Roethlisberger in the lineup. Wasn't as effective, whether in reality or fantasy. Wasn't as effective. So that you, as people know, whether it's a reality or fantasy, a capable quarterback, a more than capable quarterback, makes a big, huge, huge gigantic difference on how you play the game and how's the game they played and how they, they uh, perform. The offense performs, even the defense, because the defense feeds off the offense and vice versa. You got a de- offense that's killing you, you're killing the, kill, uh, hurting the team in, in, in various ways. It demoralizes the offense for one and demoralizes the whole team, including the defense. Because one portion of the, one phase of the game is not pulling their weight. And the quarterback plays a huge key in that. Huge key. So we don't know, and you can best believe a lot of these teams, like Eli uh, and the Giants, like uh, Ben Roethlisberger, who plays for the Steelers, uh, like Phillip Rivers, who plays for the um, Chargers, are going to be drafting a quarterback, a replacement quarterback. They take the place of their star quarterback right now. I mean, these guys are all in their mid-30s, all in their mid-30s. And it's time to do something uh, or look to the future. Not that you're going to replace them right away, but you want to have an ample replacement that's in place, that's learning from the starting quarterback. So when his, it's his time, whether it's with injury or a year or two or three or down the road, that quarterback, a.k.a. Aaron Rodgers, can step in and keep the show going. And it, this this is one of the drafts that you that you can do that because in my opinion there's really no star quarterback that can stand out. There's quarterbacks that need to sit back and learn. So even though there's going to be quarterbacks because there's, there's teams that going to, are going to go for it in the first round, and teams that are going to pick quarterbacks in the first round. In my opinion. There is no quarterback worth a first-round pick. But quarterback needy teams are going to go that route. To, be, to, to get the best quarterback, whether it's a backup or a so-called franchise quarterback, because teams like Cleveland need a quarterback. I mean, they got quarterbacks sitting there, but... They're not, I I wouldn't say confident in them. But they're going to take somebody in a 
first round. Now, there's other quarterbacks that are probably going to get picked late in the first round that, in in my opinion, are not worth first-round picks. But because if you decide, teams decide to wait and try to pick up that same quarterback in the second round, he's not going to be there. So, and I hate this word, but it, it is what they do. They're going to reach and take that quarterback in the first round. Late in the first round. And the teams I'm talking about are taking quarterback will be taking quarterbacks late in the first round. Except for Cleveland. Which I think Cleveland's gonna take a quarterback <clears throat> probably with their second pick. They got the one the first pick and the twelfth pick. And I think the twelfth pick's gonna be dedicated to a quarterback. Which one? Trubisky, Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Kaiser. Patrick Mahomes? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows about that? Opening season happened a week ago today. Week ago today, opening season happened. We're one week, uh, one weekend into opening season in baseball. <clears throat> Baltimore's undefeated right now. In the a, 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 excuse me, let me start this again. Baltimore's undefeated right now. In the AL East, Minnesota coming out the gate four and one. Maybe there's serious contenders here. Angels are four and two. <clears throat> Washington and the Marlins are three and two. The Mets two and three in that uh, NL East. Cincinnati Reds are tied with the Chicago Cubs up top the Central uh, NL Central Division. You'll see how long that lasts with Cincinnati. Cincinnati was absolutely horrible last year. Colorado going to try to make a, a, a run at it. Right now, the Arizona Diamondbacks and the Rockies are, are tied. They've only lost one game out of six. They're 5-1. and one. Dodgers are at 500. See if the Colorado Rockies and the Arizona Diamondbacks can make a, a, a decent run, especially the Arizona Diamondbacks, who were um, not that good last year at all. So are we, what surprises are we going to have coming out of uh, any of these divisions, whether it's American League or the National League, which is the best division in this league? Uh, it's going to shake itself out um, from what I'm seeing here. Uh, it, the AL East always seems like a uh, tough division to be in. Yankees are one and four, along with the Toronto Blue Jays, who were in the World Series last year. They're one and four. Toronto Blue Jays, are they going to take a huge step back? They're one and four. The Yankees aren't expected to do too much. 
Don't not even thinking that they're going to get into the playoffs. Uh, I'd be extremely surprised. And the only way I think they get into the playoffs with the set with the uh, roster they have now is a total collapse of the top four teams uh, of the four other four other teams, um, especially the uh, uh, Red Sox, Blue Jays, and the Orioles. Don't think out of all the teams that are playing in American uh, American League, and that's 15 teams, that the Yankees are going to be able to, one, win a division, or two, be one of the two wild cards. Too many other good teams uh, ahead of the Yankees right now. So Yankee fans who've been spoiled and think that teams are going to do uh, – uh, are going to be the Yankees are old or close to it? Not. Not going to happen. Think again. Go somewhere else if you want to play, if you want to watch basketball. If you want to watch baseball, Yankees are not going to be a good team this year. It may take them a couple of years to, to come back. Pitching staff is shaky, and um, their roster, their everyday roster is – uh, not playoff caliber ro- uh, roster. Toronto Blue Jays, I think are going to take a step back. Every, I think the consensus is that the um, the uh, um. Boston Red Sox and the uh, Toronto Blue Jays are going to vie for the AL East. I talked about this last week. I have talked about this last week. And um, it's from what, I'm, from what I'm seeing, it's the uh, Red Sox that uh, have a strong chance of um, winning the AL East, uh, followed by the Blue Jays, followed by the Tampa Ray, excuse me, Tampa Ray, Tampa Bay Rays, and then uh, the Orioles, and then the Yankees. We have to wait and see how the Toronto Blue Jays bounce back from a World Series loss. A lot of teams don't bounce back um, uh, badly. They take, they regress. Um, they may make the playoffs. The, and I said last last week they were a thirty four percent give or take uh, to make the playoffs, uh, whereas in the uh, Red Sox are over 50% to make the playoffs. Um, and then from there, you got the Rays and, like I said, the the uh, Orioles and the Yankees. In my opinion, the Yankees have no shot to make the playoffs. No shot. And then you go to the AL Central. And like I said, right now, the Minnesota Twins are up top that four and one. 
Detroit is uh, at three and one. Did I say the Toronto Blue Jays were in the World Series last year? No, it weren't. It was the Cleveland Indians. Where am I at? Hello. Anyway. My bad. Anyway. The pick is the Cleveland Indians, who are 3-2 and two right now. To make it back to the playoffs. To make it back to the World Series. But to definitely make it back to the playoffs. They have the pitching staff. They have the everyday roster to be able to accomplish that. Don't know about what you're going to find out with Detroit. Detroit's got had a, 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 made things changed around in there. You've had um, the uh, Twins, who are probably going to be one of the surprising teams, unless injuries really decimate them. White Sox, Royals. You have to wait and see what happens in there. Probably one of the weaker divisions in all of baseball. How about the uh, Los Angeles uh, Angels, who are just one game ahead of the Houston Astros and Oakland A's? What kind of shot did I say they had last last week? Houston's probably got the better shot. out of all the teams in the, in the West. Followed by the um, Mariners. Followed by the Angels and the Rangers. And then the Athletics picking up the rear. They're going to be some surprise teams, whether they win the division or in the wild card. It's going to be surprise teams, and, I, and I'm predicting one of them um, are going to be the Twins. One of them's going to be the Twins. I know, I know, not because they're four and one right now, but I, I do believe they're building a nice nucleus and a nice set of uh, pitching staff, uh, a nice nucleus of uh, um, everyday players that. That division can be had. And the Seattle Mariners, Texas Rangers, if they, their, their main thing is their offense. They're, I mean, they're, uh, they're um, pitching. The pitching holds up. They should be able to score some runs. But the pitching is key. And I've always said this. It's pitching, pitching, plain and simple. If you want to succeed, as a baseball team, your foundation is your pitching. Your pitching can cover up or um, um, not, I wouldn't say cover up, but can help offset your, your offensive deficiencies. Now, quite naturally, you got to score runs, but 
if you have outstanding pitching like the Mets did, even though they got decimated last year, but before that, that outstanding pitching, they still have outstanding pitching, can offset the weaknesses that you have in your offense, your everyday players. So the key to a team like Rangers Pitching. They have the offense. They have the offense. Pitching. Just think about this. Five games into the season. And it's key because you can win scoring two and three runs if you keep the team to one and two runs. They've scored 25 runs already, five games. I'll say that again. They've scored 25 runs in five games. So that's five runs a game. That's good offense. But when you, you allow 32 runs, that's why you're one and four. Because you're averaging a little, a little more than one more run that you're, than you're scoring. The, the other team is scoring six runs, and you're scoring five. What, you know what that's going to get you? Oh, well, we're competitive. We're right there. But the numbers are deceiving. You're right there. Six, five. You win game six, five, six, five, six, five, six, five. That's a losing season if that keeps up. So your pitching is the key. Pitching is the key. And you know why I say that? It's because the Baltimore Orioles, who are in the East and have scored the least amount of runs of all the division leaders in all of baseball, with 17 runs scored, who are 4-0, four runs a game so far, have allowed 12 runs. So even though you're scoring a little more than four runs a game for the four games you've played, you're allowing three runs. So that's why you're 4-0. You're allowing three runs versus four that you're scoring. With a team like Tampa Bay, who's 4-2, they've scored 26 runs. One of the teams with the uh, highest amount of runs scored so far. Five runs, a little more than five runs a game. But you've allowed 24. So how long can you sustain that? How long can you sustain that? Something has to give. Like, look, the Boston Red Sox, 14 runs scored, 
13 runs against, two and two. Your pitching's inconsistent. Your pitching's consistent, but your offense is uh, hasn't picked up yet. And the reason I'm saying that. Twins can be a surprise um, team this year. The only team right now in the American League that has a double-digit point differential in runs scored and run against. 26 runs they've scored versus allowing 12. Less than half the amount of runs that they scored, they've allowed. Now, how long can they keep that up? How long can they sustain it? They have a nice set of young players. They've taken their lumps. And some of these players are are, are due for some nice years uh, blossoming. Breakout years, if you want to call it that. And they're trying to solidify or their pitching staff to keep the opposition at bay. Twice as many runs as the opponents score against them. Winning formula. That's a winning formula. That's the biggest point differential other than the two teams in the NL West, who are the Arizona Diamondbacks and the Los Angeles Dodgers. More troubling for the Diamondbacks is because of this. Even though they're 5-1 and one, and they've scored 45 runs versus allowing 27, that's a lot of runs to allow in six games. That's a little more than four games, uh, uh, four runs a game versus them scoring – Eight runs a game, seven runs a game, you can't sustain that. There's no way that the Arizona Diamondbacks are going to average seven runs a game for the rest of the season. And the pitching staff is not all that because it's 27 runs they've allowed. That's a lot of runs in, in, in six games, four runs, a little more than four runs. Dodgers, on the other hand, now you got to look at the schedule because they're three and three. They scored thirty runs and allowed sixteen, almost, almost, almost a little more than a half of what they scored. They've given up, so their pitching is there. The pitching is there right now, and their offense is there. So you can expect the Dodgers to pick it up. You can expect the Dodgers to pick it up. The point differential for them is 14, plus 14. Point differential for Arizona is plus 18. Arizona's gotten out of the gate well, but the runs against scares me. Scares me because the opposition's already scored 27 runs. So can the pitching get better for Arizona and can they sustain their offense? That's the key. Or do, are they going to just 
uh, fizzle out as the season goes on? Good questions. Good questions to ask. I wonder what what the end run, end result's going to be. You know that Washington Nationals, they have a better sp- pitching staff than what's they're showing right now. Three and two is their record. Twenty three runs scored against. Thirty three runs a- against. Ten minus ten point differential. Minus ten. This is what I'm talking about. The New York Mets have trouble scoring runs. I've only scored 16 runs. 16 runs in five games. That's a little more than three runs a game. And giving up four runs a game. Losing formula. 20 runs against. But you have to think that because of the pitching arms that they have, they're going to improve. But is that offense going to improve? How much have they improved the offense? And I'm just picking teams out of here randomly from what I'm seeing here. How much will the offense pick up? They've lost their last two games. The opponent's scoring one run more than they're scoring a game. Three teams in here. Mets, Mets, Marlins, and Nationals. That's the three-horse race, I see. With Philly and Atlanta, not too far behind. Even though I don't believe in Atlanta pitching staff as much as I believe in what's happening in Philly. Pitching. I've always said that in baseball and in fantasy, the key is pitching. Pitching, pitching, pitching. For those who don't know, I used to listen to a, a, a sports station on, uh, I think it was WABC 77 on the, on the AM dial years back. This is going way, way, way back. Way, way, way back. And an old, con- old crockety uh, uh, um, radio personality that uh, um, I used to list- listen to. Uh, used to say that religiously, religiously, and I've always kept that, and it's always held true. Always held true. Passed away uh, about thirteen years ago. But this guy was, in my opinion, one of the best old crotchety guy. I'm telling you, this guy was, but he was good. He kept it real. I have to put it that way. He kept it real. The real. Pete Franklin. For those who don't know who Pete Franklin was, he was a sports talk radio host who worked in Cleveland, New York, and San Francisco. 
Most, a lot of people say he's credited with pioneering the more, more aggressive, acerbic, and attention-grabbing form of uh, uh, radio, which quite naturally has been adopted to a lot of people. If you ever go to YouTube, um, just go to YouTube and, and, and YouTube Pete Franklin, and you'll know what I'm talking about. Very knowledgeable guy. I wouldn't say on, on air the most likable guy. But this guy knew his sports. Knew his baseball. When I used to listen to him, yeah, I'm, I'm dating myself. That's fine. I'll be 63 in about a month. That's fine. Pete Franklin, man, he knew his, he knew his, his stuff. So for those who, for whatever reason, want to listen to, to one of the pioneers of um, the type of sports or, or jock, sports jock radio talk that's a little on the edgy side, a little on the rough side, Pete Franklin, hell of a guy in newest sports. Loved baseball, knew baseball. Always used to say, and I always used to listen to him, especially when he talked baseball, pitching, pitching, pitching. That's what he used to say. It's all about pitching. You got a pitching staff, you got a shot. You have a very good shot. Good pitching holds down good hitting. Every time. Every time. If you can't hit it, you can't score runs. Can't hit it, you can't score runs. Pitching is the key. All right, people, I'm going to cut this a little bit short. I appreciate you for listening once again. We um, have approximately, what's this? This is the ninth. Um, 18 days. 18 days until the NFL draft, which starts on um, April 27th at, I think, 8 o'clock, if I'm not mistaken. If I'm not mistaken. I'm going to try to get there. I really want to get there. It's in Philly, about an hour and a half ride from where I'm at right now. It would be a thrill in all my 63 years and ever since uh, the age of the years watching and, and liking football to get to a NFL draft and witness it. NFL draft experience kicks off on Thursday at April uh, at noon on April 27th the draft starts at 8 o'clock if I'm not mistaken I think it's 8 o'clock 8 o'clock yes 8 8 o'clock where the number one pick by all consensus by all who let me put it this way if there's one thing guaranteed 
that's going to be taken uh, to to for the Cleveland Browns is the number one pick, and that's Miles Garrett. I, I, there is no other way in all of God's creation. It would shock the world, like you see on draft day, it would shock the world if it was anything else than Miles Garrett that Cleveland takes the number one pick. This is reality. It's not draft day movie. So, with all due respect, after that, who knows? One guaranteed pick is to be made, and that's the Cleveland Browns pick up Miles Garrett. From, the, from number two until number 255, I think it is. Who knows? Who's going to go where to what team? You know there's going to be some draft. There's an average. I think there's an average of 10 drafts. I mean, 10 trades in a draft. Give or take. You know, teams are going to be moving up and down, trying to negotiate the board to get the best possible player at the best possible position. We had first and second pick trades last year. Don't think that. Don't definitely don't think that's going to happen this year. Quite naturally, don't even think about it. number one is going to be traded away. Anything can happen. Team, there's some teams that want players that are going to have to move up to get them in order to for them to fill the need that they want to fill with the player that they want. Are they going to make that move? Is somebody going to jump up ahead of Jacksonville to get Letter Fournette? Somebody going to move down because they think they can get Mitchell Trubisky at a later portion of the draft versus maybe uh, Cleveland at 12 picking up with Trubisky. Maybe a team that's below Cleveland it wants to move up to get Mitchell Trubisky. Who's going to do that? What are, are, are the Texans going to stand pat and wait for one of these quarterbacks or look and say, oh, uh, we have to move up in order to get the quarterback that we want because we feel – one of these teams that are ahead of us is going to dra- grab that quarterback or, or another running back or another wide receiver. This, this, and I'll keep on saying it up until it takes place um, less than three weeks from now. The, the, there is so much in this draft other than quarterbacks and offensive linemen that teams – are, will be clamoring for defensive players on the front line, linebackers, cornerbacks, safeties, running backs, tight ends. There is so much talent in this draft. There is so much talent in this draft. Not just the, not just the first round. You get quality players, second, third fourth, and even fifth and sixth, and maybe even seventh round. There's a lot of talent in this draft, other than offensive linemen and quarterbacks. So you have a vast array of position players to pick from other than quarterback and offensive linemen. I want to thank you for listening to me uh, for this last, this past hour. Tune in next week. Uh, 10 p.m., excuse me, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, where I'll be back here again one more week closer to the NFL draft. 
Also, tune into my other shows that I'm on. 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on a Thursday night, FSP cruise show, me, uh, uh, Jeff and I, uh, will be holding it down, talking about sports uh, as usual. 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, I co-host with Vic Gardner, FSP show. So you got me, 8 p.m. FSP cruise show, Thursday night, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, uh, with uh, Victor Gardner, FSP show, and me, as usual, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time time on the Master Plan. For those who listen, thanks for listening. See ya.